Fatigue come, want you as you have been all week. Just obey the Lord. Hallelujah. Won't you just speak his name? Hallelujah. Just say his name again. Just, boy, it feels good rolling off your tongue, don't it? It's power in his name. Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. Jesus for my family. Praise God. I was thinking his name is Jesus. I, I was listening to something not too long ago and the guy was trying to make an argument. You know, Jesus is uh, how we read it, how it was translated from the Greek. In the Hebrew, they would call him Yeshua. Yeshua. And I was thinking about Spanish, the Spanish people call him Jesus. And in Cameroon, there where they speak French in West Africa, they call him Jesus. But here's what the Bible said. The Bible said, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. So it doesn't matter if you call him Yeshua, Jesus, Jesus, or Jesus. Praise God. That's the name that is above every name. And one day at that name, every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know him. How about you? Do you know him? Oh, come on. Don't try to mislead me. Do you know him? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know Jesus. I'm glad I know Jesus. The lover of my soul, the captain of my salvation, the author and finisher of my faith. Praise God. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and the morning star. Woo! He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise God. Ain't you glad you know him? Lord of God. Jesus. Won't you shout it real loud? Come on, shout Jesus. Come on, shout Jesus. Now give him a good praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad he is for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Contrary to popular belief, he is not trying to figure out ways to keep us out of heaven. He's doing everything within his power to get us there. I want to go, don't you? Praise God. If it had not been for Jesus, where would we be? Amen. It's great to have everybody with us in the Lord's house tonight. Certainly am grateful and thankful. Uh, for those of you that have chosen to spend your Friday evening with us, it's good to see uh, Brother Luke and his family back from over Swainsboro. Uh, they're our friends, been our friends for some time now. Appreciate them. It's great to have the folks from Savannah. Appreciate them coming. And uh, I'm just happy. Black Creek, all right. Good to have the Black Creek folks here tonight. Glad to see Sister Hayslip. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got I gotta confess, I started to get you and me and you take a couple of victory laps in that wheelchair while they're singing. I chickened out. I probably should have just obeyed God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I appreciate the Lord. It's good to have uh, uh, 
old, 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 old friends of ours. It's good to see Amy. And brother, I'm sorry, I've tried to remember. Sean. Sean, Amy. Good to have Amy and Sean. Uh, we met uh, Amy many years ago in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, I was trying to convince them, Amy, now you can help me here. You be my witness. I told that boy the other night, I said, I used to be your size. That's about that size. Oh, come on now. There you go. Pastor didn't believe me. But, uh, I told Lisa I'm twice the man she married. Praise yeah. God. But she remembers when I was a whole lot slimmer and younger and jumping up and down and running back and forth. And I appreciate them being here tonight. I met Sean a little later on. I met him sometime, I guess, last 10 or 15 years. Met him there in Jacksonville as well. Appreciate them coming. I've got something on my heart that I'd like to talk to us about. And I'll just be honest with you, I've, I've struggled with this. I've kind of wrestled with it. And, uh, but I just want to try to obey the Lord. Psalms 55. If you have your Bible, it's the book of Psalms, chapter 55. I know that I have, I'll just go ahead and confess to you. Some of you is going to recognize this. I, I know Brother Luke and his wife uh, was at Swainsboro. I preached this at Swainsboro when the Lord first gave it to me last fall. And I have, uh, you know, I'm not going to apologize. I've preached this a few times since then but uh, I want to be sensitive to the Lord I want to try to be obedient to the Lord and I don't want you to think that this, this something warmed up or left over a lot of people don't like leftovers but we sure have sang amazing grace a lot of times yeah. praise God so I feel like I feel like the Lord impressed upon my heart today uh, to talk to somebody in this building about this so this is the direction we're going to take. Psalms 55. Amen. Let's begin reading with verse 4. This, of course, is the psalmist David. We're not going to read the whole psalm. This is in a time in his life when Ahithophel, his great friend, his wonderful counselor in his life, had betrayed him and went with Absalom. Absalom trying to overthrow his daddy and take the kingdom away from him. Listen to what David said beginning in verse 4. He said, My heart is sore pain within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off, and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Let's read through that again. Now, this, listen, you've got to understand this. This is not a greenhorn, tenderfoot, just getting started. He's not a babe in the Lord. This, the, the guy riding this is a giant killer. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's right. He's the king of God's people. Yes. Right. Isn't that right? Yes. He's not just starting out. It's not just a little bump in the road that he's facing. The, the man that wrote this, now we know this is inspired of the Holy Ghost. Right. 
God's breathing on him. Yes. But we, we got to also understand this is bubbling up from his heart. David is feeling what he's saying. This, this is where he is. He said, my heart is sore pain within me. And the terrors of death are falling upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. And horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Praise God. Praise God. The man after God's own heart was in a tight place. A place of pressure. Stress. Overwhelming terror. Heartache and pain. Amen. That's what he was feeling. Would you lift your hands and pray? Ask the Holy Ghost to walk among us here tonight. Ask Him to help somebody in this altar service. Father, we love You. We honor You for Your mercy. We thank You for grace and love. Thank You for Your compassion. All You've done for us, God. The way You've helped us. The way You've talked to our hearts. Minister to us. Move among us, God. We'll give You praise and glory. For all that's accomplished, Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, God, talk to us. Help us to hear you while you're doing it. We give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn around, shake your neighbor's hand, and tell them I hope the Lord helps you tonight. Praise God. Praise God, happy that everybody's here in the Lord's house. It's my heart that somebody would receive this from the Lord. This is going to be kind of out of character for me. I'm sure I said this. I, uh, when I preached this back over at Swainsboro in the fall, God had just recently dealt with me about this and given this to me. And this is really out of character, this particular topic, this subject. I want to talk to you tonight if the Lord would help me. And again, I'd like to speak to somebody right here in this service. I'd like to talk to us about depression. Depression. Praise God. I'll tell you just a little bit how God began to deal with me about this. The Lord uh, put an article in my path. And I, I found myself reading through this article. And I, I learned while I was reading through this article that uh, depression among adults in the United States of America... Actually, those that know say that it tripled in the beginning or in the early months of 2020. You and I understand what was taking place in the early months of 2020. We were in a, a, a global pandemic and uh, we were masking our face and not seeing each other smile. And we were not coming to church and the children wasn't going to school and uh, we wasn't going to Walmart as often and getting out and fellowshipping one another as often. And so they say that in the early months of 2020 or in the beginning of that pandemic that among U.S. adults, depression actually tripled. And uh, to prove that, they use statistics. And I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of statistics. But just stay with me right here for a few minutes and let me just get, a, get us started. It was 8.5% pre-pandemic. That's how many people in the population of adults in America that they feel like 
was battling some type of depression. 8.5% pre-pandemic. When the pandemic got started by the middle of 2020, that number had jumped to an estimated 27.8%. From 8.5% to 27.8%. And throughout the year of 2021, it didn't get any better. But it only continued to get worse. By the end of 2021, going into 2022, uh, some said it was as high as 32.8% of adults in the United States of America was battling some type of depression. Amen. You do the math. That's about one out of every three adults in America that's facing or fighting uh, some type of depression. Amen. And, uh, you know, when I was reading through that article, amen, I felt like the Holy Ghost just began to squeeze on my heart. And really, Sister Butler, it sounded to me like something a Pentecostal preacher ought to talk about in our generation. Hallelujah. If one out of three of my countrymen are facing this spirit of depression, they're fighting this, uh, this pressing from without. If one out of three adults is facing this, then the church ought to have something to say about it. Can you say amen? So I got to studying this. And I got to I got to thinking about this. Got to praying about it. Now I've come to the conclusion: if one out of three adults are facing some type of depression in the United States of America, that means uh, quite literally that every day that I'm out and about, I'm meeting someone who is desperate. Someone who is hurting, somebody who is fighting or facing some type of depression. Many, amen, that I come in contact with are traveling down a lonesome road. They're in a place of darkness. They're living in a deep valley. Amen. And, uh, you know, God checked me. The Holy Ghost quickened my heart. And he reminded me that most of the time out and about, amen, I'm not even aware of it. Amen. It doesn't even register with me how many people are facing depression. Amen. I'm trying to do better. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you something else the Holy Ghost dealt with my heart about. Sometimes we notice, sometimes we don't. But more than that, amen, I felt like, to be honest, many days when I'm out and about, amen, it could be me that's up under the gun. It might be you that's facing that pressure or that pressing from without. Hallelujah. Amen. That that desperate, lonely, hurting, aching, feeling down inside. I, I prayed about this and I asked the Lord to, to help me about uh, to help me talk to my generation about this. I said, uh, listen, listen, from the time I first started preaching, from the time the Lord first called me to preach, I sat up under a holiness preacher and I purposed in my heart I want to be a holiness preacher. Come on, say amen. I want to live, I want to be a Christian. I want to live the standards of the Bible. And I tell you, I've surrounded myself with holiness preachers. Come on and help me. Praise God. Amen. With that being said, I know that it has it's almost taboo for us to talk about. Amen. A chink in the armor. It's almost unheard of. Praise God to get up and talk about a 
subject like this and God knows my heart I don't want anybody to think that I'm preaching a weak gospel amen but don't tell you some folks upon studying about depression and reading through the pages of the Bible I have come to this conclusion because we're saved that does not exempt us from warring in this battle because we are sanctified it does not exempt us from fighting this fight because we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost amen that does not exempt us from fighting depression oh lift your hands and ask the Lord to help me here I don't want to get ahead of myself I really want to talk to us about this tonight if the Lord would help me praise God Amen. I, I prayed, oh God, can I really get up and preach to my generation that David was depressed, that he was facing and fighting depression. And then I thought I began to hear uh, some folks that I would uh, present this to in their mind. Maybe you're, you're even here tonight and you're saying, wait a minute, preacher man, depression, that word is not even in the Bible. I understand that. It's not there. But I, I, let me share with you some words I found that mean the same thing. I heard a man talk about being downcast. Hey man, I heard a man say he was broken hearted. I heard a man talk about being troubled and miserable. I heard a man talk about despairing and mourning. Come on now. I found words like tribulation and distress. I found anguish and adversity. Come on, does that sound familiar to you? It sounds like depression to me. Did you hear what David said when his friend betrayed him? When he chose the wrong side? The man that he took sweet counsel together with? The man that he went up to the house of God in company with? When he betrayed him, it sent him into a spiral. And he said, my heart is broken. My heart is sore pain within me. And the tears of death are falling upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have overwhelmed me. Praise God. And horror. Amen. Have overwhelmed my heart. Praise God. I'm telling you something. It sounds like a depressed man to me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me. And horror hath overwhelmed me. He said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Come on now. Amen. While God was talking to me about this and dealing with me about this, these statistics got me started. Amen. Some time went by and my telephone rang and it was my dad. And my dad uh, said from the other end, he said, have you heard about Clyde? I've got to tell you about Clyde. Clyde is actually my mother's first cousin. And so uh, he, he was uh, in his 70s, probably mid-70s. And uh, I wasn't close to Clyde as an adult. But as a boy, I spent more time around Clyde. Clyde, if you'll allow me to use this, uh, language, Clyde, I'd call him a happy-go-lucky kind of a fella. Clyde, uh, hey man, he loved, uh, seemed like he loved life. He was uh, a hard worker, had a small engine repair business, 
just across the street from his home. He was well liked in the community. No telling how many lawnmowers and weed eaters and chainsaws he had worked on for the men round about that community. Amen. God was an outdoorsman. He loved to turkey hunt and deer hunt and fish. Now, Clyde was a beekeeper. He liked to keep honeybees and he'd sell that honey all around the community. Amen. Clyde was just that guy. I guess everybody probably has a Clyde somewhere in their family. So daddy called me and he said, have you heard about Clyde? I said, no, sir. What about Clyde? He said, Clyde's killed himself. He said he put a shotgun under his chin. Pulled the trigger and they found him dead. And I said, what in the world? First thought to force itself upon me, I thought, he, was he sick? Did he have some terminal disease? Some sickness he wasn't going to... Why in the world, Dad? Why would he do something like that? Yes. Daddy, said, Daddy said, I don't know. He said, uh, nobody knows. It just happened all of a sudden. Well, uh, I guess uh, a couple of weeks went by maybe. The funeral came and went. Sister Tig and I was still out on the road. Hey Amen. I've been praying about this depression. Now Clyde has entered into this. And I, I'm talking to the Lord. And the phone rings again. It's Dad. And uh, I said, uh, we talked a few minutes, just small talk. And I said, have you heard anything else about Clyde? Did anybody ever figure out why in the world he would do something like that? He said, well, after the funeral, the family and many of Clyde's friends came together and they got to talking to one another. He said they didn't know it before Clyde did what he did. He said, but after it was over with, they come, they got to talking to one another and they come to the conclusion that Clyde was basically telling them all the same things on an individual basis when he would talk to his friends when he would talk to family members he was telling them just about the same few things you know what that sticks out in my mind that dad told me Clyde was saying that number one he kept telling folks nobody loves me well nobody loved me huh? you know what he, he, he was saying nobody even likes me you know what dad said he was telling his family and his friends just individually, nobody loves me, nobody likes me, and nobody even wants to be my friend. I don't have any real friends. Come on now. I'll tell you something. Uh, Clyde wasn't in church as far as I know, but I've heard that same sorry devil try to tell me exactly the same thing. And so it right here in the Holy Ghost Church if you're not careful that devil will try to isolate you and push you up in a corner and he'll get to telling you none of these people love you nobody even likes you nobody wants to be your friend come on now I'm telling you some folks that's a trick of the enemy that's a trick of the adversary David must have been facing some of that he must have been fighting some of that in this time of depression I said oh God can I preach to my generation a giant killer a king a man after God's own heart fought and faced depression God got to talking to me 
I saw it in 2 Samuel 12. You go home and read it. It looks to me like he's facing another bout of depression over the loss of his sons. I read in Psalms 38 and verse 4 where David said he talked about a heavy burden. He said it's too heavy for me to bear. Come on now. Sounds like a depressed man. I heard him in Psalms 42. It's a positive psalm. But I heard him if you listen. He talked about his soul. Amen. That was disquieted within him. He talked about being cast down. Come on now. Amen. I kept praying. Kept digging. You know what I saw? I saw Elijah the prophet. Amen. Listen in 1 Kings 18. He has a showdown on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal and he calls down fire out of heaven. Praise God. He goes to the sound of the mountain and he puts his head between his knees and he begins to pray and the, the storm clouds start rolling in. It's been three and a half years of no rain. I'll tell you what he did on Carmel that day. He had all the prophets of Baal put to death right there in that worship service. And when it was all over, there was 450 dead prophets and the people were shouting the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God what a revival three and a half years no dew or rain now the clouds are rolling in and distant thunders beginning to boom, it's getting ready to come a gully washer Jezebel sends him word I'm gonna, the gods are going to do that to me if I don't have your head by this time tomorrow. I'm going to kill you, prophet of Jehovah, just like you killed my prophets. And Elijah took off running. In 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, we see him sit down. He's weary. He sits down under a juniper tree. You know what Elijah said in 1 Kings 19 and 4? See if it sounds like a man fighting depression. He said, it is enough. Take away my life also. Come on now. It is enough. I can't take it anymore. You just had great revival, Elijah. Uh, The hearts of Israel turned back to Jehovah God. It is enough. Take away my life also. How many knows when you get depressed, you say things you really don't mean? Come on now. You've got to be careful what you say. When you're fighting depression, Elijah didn't want to die. If he wanted to die, all he had to do is go to Samaria. And Jezebel would have been glad to oblige him. Come on now. Oh, but in his weariness, he's feeling anxiety. He's feeling worthless and helpless and hopeless. And he shouts to heaven. Go ahead and kill me, God. I'm tired of being here. It is enough. Great prophet. Can I preach to somebody here tonight? If you're here and you're a part of the church and you've been warring against depression, don't think you're a second-class citizen. You're in good company. Come on, say amen. These men did great things for the kingdom of God. 
and that devil still battled their mind and warred against their spirit and came against them. Come on now. Praise God. I read about Jonah in Jonah chapter 4 and verse 3. He just about mimicked what Elijah said. He said, take away my life. Come on now. Job said in Job 3, I wished I'd have died on the day I was born. In Job 10, he said, my soul is weary of my life. In Job 30, he talked about terror and affliction. He said, my soul is poured out and my bones are pierced. And he looked up at God and said, he hath cast me into the dust and into the mire. He said, I am become like dust and ashes. Come on now. Sounds like depression. Did you hear me? I said it sounds like depression. I'm not going to keep you long. This is real simple. I'll tell you why I can preach about depression until you here tonight because I have battled it. I have fought it. Uh, God help me. I don't want to be too transparent here. But I want to be uh, transparent enough to let you know. Doesn't matter how many revivals you preach a year. How many camp meetings you preach a year. How many churches you build in foreign countries. Come on now. That devil's after you. And he's after me. Y'all don't think you're less of me. I, I don't think you will. I hope you won't. There's been days you can call it lazy preacher. You can say, well, I just, just put the label on me. I'm just going to share my heart here. I have fought depression to the place there's been days, days on end. I just wanted to lay in the bed, pull the covers up over my head, not get up and look at the sunshine, not get out and about. Come on here. I turned my phone off, didn't want my friends to call, didn't want preacher brethren checking on me. Come on now. I told my wife, just leave me alone. Come on here. Just let me lay in here. Just leave me alone. Come on now. Wasn't nothing spiritual about it except the battle I was in, the battle I was facing. Come on here now. Can I preach to somebody here tonight? If you're here tonight and you've been facing that, don't you let the devil tell you all hope is gone. If you're you're here tonight and you're fighting depression, don't you let that devil convince you there's no hope for you. I'm a living testimony. You come out of depression. You still keep working for God. God will still anoint you and use you in his kingdom. Praise God, there is victory. Hi. Uh, some of my preacher brother might disagree with the way I'm preaching here tonight. Just a, just a, just a, Oh God. Sometimes depression don't come at you when you're at your worst. Depression sometimes will attack you when you're at your best. And you're trying to do everything right. And God's blessing it. And it's all coming together. And it's flourishing and prospering. And God's moving in it. And that sorry devil. He'll come after you. And he'll try to. Oh God. 
He'll try to wrap up your mind and flood your mind with all kind of doubt, all kind of disbelief. Come on here. Huh? And he'll try to push you up into a place where you feel all by yourself. Hey man, I'm going to tell you something. It's not bad to fight depression as long as you are fighting depression. Hey man, the worst thing you can do is what that pastor said. He didn't have no idea what I was going to preach on tonight. He said the worst thing you can do when you're walking through the valley is just quit walking. I call him a hot I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Praise God. It doesn't matter if it's baby steps. Just keep pushing forward. Keep moving. Amen. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning if you'll just keep pressing. Praise God. Lift your hands and praise the Lord here. I'm not going to keep you long. I'm anxious to get in this altar service. I read that in 2020, there were 130 suicides per day in the United States of America. And I was shocked. White males, men like me, yeah. made up 69.6%. Right. Nearly 70% of those 130 suicides every day in America were men like me. Right. Yes. Amen. 2020, there was 45,979 suicidal deaths. That's every 11 and a half minutes, somebody killed themselves. I read something very shocking. It said among the ages of 15 to 24, it's the third leading cause of death right now in the United States of America. 15 to 24, that's the ages that fill our youth camps. And our vacation Bible schools, come on now. 15 to 24, that's our youth groups. That's our young people. Come on and help me, somebody. And the third leading cause of death among them is suicide. I read that 1,149,475 annual attempts at suicide every year in America. Over a million people try to kill themselves, but they are not successful. Amen. You do the math. That's one every 27 and a half seconds. That means if I preach. 45 minutes tonight 98 people in America will attempt to end their own life come on and help me I gotta preach to you here tonight I prayed amen I do not feel and I tell you if I did but I do not feel that anybody here amen is contemplating suicide but just in case amen you've been under the stress you've been in the valley of depression for so long that that fleeting thought comes across your mind I've got to tell you that's not the way out that's not the answer if you think things are bad now just go on and pull the trigger go on and take the pill it's just going to get worse but it lasts through all eternity suicide is not the way out if Clyde could come back and sit in this service tonight, he had already been in the altar praying. Yeah. Huh? He, he, he wouldn't have made it through the song service. 
Come on now. Oh, he's in an awful, awful place. Bible said, I've got to tell you what the Bible said. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 17, the Bible said, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, whose temple ye are. Suicide is a defilement of the temple of God. It's not the only way you can defile the temple. But it is a way. Amen. Listen, uh, the writer said in 1 Corinthians 6 uh, that our body is not our own. Uh, amen. We've been bought with a price. Uh, I'll tell you something. Whether you're here tonight saved or not, uh, Jesus purchased you. Uh, he paid the price for you. Uh, you do not deserve Him, uh, but He deserves you uh, because you've already been bought and paid for. He did it with his life. He did it with his blood on Calvary. Come on now. Uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 17 exhorted us not to be foolish. He said, why should you die before your time? God's got a time written down. Right. Amen. I'm not going to be foolish. I'm going to try to use all the wisdom I can. I'm not going to play with rattlesnakes. I'm not going to go out here to 80. After midnight, lay down in the road. Come on now. Oh, that would be foolish. I don't want to die before my time. But God has a time set. The Bible said in, in Exodus 20 and 13, Thou shalt not kill. Amen. A rendering of that is thou shalt not commit murder. Amen. Suicide is nothing more than self-inflicted homicide. You cannot make that choice. Come on, say amen. amen. Boy, I'm telling you, I could open up a big old can of worms right here. But I didn't come to preach on this. I'm going to tell you something. There's a move. There's a push on. Uh, in North America, I believe they're already doing it in Canada. I read about it many, many years ago. Over in, I believe it was Bulgaria. That's why I read they was first doing it. Maybe it's in Sweden now. Different European countries. Doctor-assisted suicide. Euthanasia is the pretty way to describe it. It's coming to America. Hey man, if the world stands, it's coming to America. I heard a preacher when I first got saved, the old preacher, he preached that euthanasia is coming. He said, hey man, uh, whatsoever a uh, man soweth, that shall he also reap. He said that goes for generations too. Whatever they sow, they're going to reap. He said that generation in the 70s, amen, that started, uh, uh, made uh, uh, birth control in America, abortion, America's number one form of birth control. Come on now. He said when that generation starts getting old, their sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters, it's going to be putting them to sleep. Come on. We're seeing that begin to come to pass. Are you going to help me right here? That's not the way out of here. I said, that's not the way out of here. Amen. Life and death. Amen. Belongs to God. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, he came forth with the keys of death and of hell. He's got death's key. Not you. Not me. He's got the keys of death and of hell. Oh, God. Amen. I thought about these. Uh, Jeremiah said, Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them. 
For they be all adulterers and assembly of treacherous men. The apostle Paul, like, listen, we've been in the Old Testament. And I said it didn't matter if you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. My New Testament example is the apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, he talked of a time in his life when he was pressed out of measure of strength, having the sentence of death in ourselves. That's what he said. He went on to say that we despaired even of life. Come on here. Can I tell you? Amen. If you're fighting depression, just keep on fighting. Praise God. Keep on pressing against it. I'll tell you. Amen. I've talked to you already. Now I'm going to close here in just a moment. I've talked to you about me already. Not wanting to get out of the bed. Not wanting to get out from under the covers. But you know what I found out? Amen. I don't know if I'm one of them fellas that is prone to that. I'm prone to be a little negative. The Lord's already revealed that to me. I shared that with you the other night. I'm trying to work on that. And I I don't know if that makes me prone to face depression, to fight depression. I've had a few rounds of it. Amen. Even as a preacher of a gospel. Amen. I've fought it enough where I begin to understand the worst thing I can do is just lay there. You know what you ought to do? Praise God. Just like you've done tonight. Get up. Brush your teeth. Comb your hair. Put your clothes on. Get to the house of God. Get somewhere. Where the Holy Ghost is moving and the Spirit of God can help you, praise God. Well, lift both your hands and praise the Lord here. Woo! Hallelujah! Pastor told us here the other night, amen, that we're always exhorted to go forward. Go forward. Amen. Paul said, I press toward the mark. I'm going forward. Huh? I'm, I'm putting one foot in front of the other and I'm pressing on. It's not a shame to fight depression. But it is so very shameful to give up in the midst of it and let it overtake you. Let it swallow you up. Give it the victory. Let it move you away from the house of God or make you sit there dry as a shuck. Huh? Oh, that's so shameful uh, to take the name, the name of Christ and continue to yield to the waves of depression. Listen, I've tried to preach to his kind here tonight and I've even included myself. I'll let you know, amen, that if you are fighting depression, it's nothing uncommon. Most everybody in this building has probably fought it from time to time if they've lived for Christ in any length of time at all. But I'll tell you something, you cannot give up. Don't give place to it. Amen. Don't get an address, a permanent address in that valley. Keep moving. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep reading the Bible. Praise God. Keep pushing forward. Brother Otis, I believe you kind of fell a little. Forgive me. I, I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing. I like Brother Otis. I've just met him this week. He wasn't here last year when I was here. Listen. Brother Otis got to talking to me about his wife. Amen. And he wailed up, big tears welled up in his eyes. Amen. And uh, 
I thought that, that guy knows a little bit about depression. He knows a little bit about feeling worthless, helpless. Huh? Do you see where he's at tonight, don't you? Huh? Is that the house of God? Brother Otis, do you live by yourself in your home? Right by yourself, I guarantee you. When, the, the, when Mama all died, or Mama, or whatever them youngins called her, them grand youngins called her, when she left here, that house was a lonesome old place. My father-in-law sold this place and moved. He couldn't stand it. Couldn't take it. Too many memories. Too many memories. Brother Otis was telling me about to, her wish to be buried at home, how he tends to it and takes care of it. Put a garage carport over it so it wouldn't get no rain. He told me, he's told me three times in this meeting with pride, not one drop of rain's ever touched her grave. I appreciate that, Brother Otis. That's not weird. That's not strange. That's not unusual. You know what you're doing? You're dealing with it. You're moving forward. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, there'll be some more tears. There'll be some more tears. Not just for Brother Otis, but for all of us. There'll be some more tears. There'll be some lonesome nights. Come on now. Amen. There'll be some times when that voice will come in the midnight hour and tell us how lonesome we are and how God has forgotten us and he don't even know what we're going through. Praise God. When that voice comes to you, you ought to just shout, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You saved me to the uttermost. Praise God. Find you somewhere to pray. Somewhere to worship God. Somewhere to give Him glory. Come on and help me, somebody. I'm telling you, you can't have the victory over depression, but you got to keep moving. I was preaching for Steve Gentry years ago uh, there when he was at Prattville, Alabama. And he uh, had got him a new hobby. He got him an incubator and some eggs. Yeah, I said incubator, incubator. That's North Carolina talk, I guess. We say okra too, praise God. Got him an incubator and some eggs. And about time I arrived for revival, he was expecting those eggs to hatch that week. We'd go to his house after church at night. Me and him would sit around talking, looking at that, them eggs in that incubator, just waiting on some kind of movement. Huh? Well, he misfigured it, and they didn't start hatching until the week after I was gone. And he called me. He said, hey, Brother King, those eggs have started hatching, man. You ought to see them. That's before the days we could swap pictures on the cell phone and all that. That's before then. He said, you ought to see them, man. They're hatching out. Two or three days went by. He called me back. He said, you know what? Only about half of those hatched. I, what's the problem? I, I, I didn't know anything about hatching eggs. What's the problem? I thought he might know. I don't know what the problem is. Day or two went by, he called me back. He said, you know what? Them eggs never did hatch. He said, I, I started just kind of real easy poking into them. 
Some of them had rotted. I guess they wasn't no good. He said, but there was a number of them that he broke completely open and the chicks were wholly formed, completely formed. They dead. He said, he said, I preached this too. I preached this all over the country. <laughs> I preached on coming out of your shell. Hallelujah. He said, and this is where I got it from. He said, only thing I can figure, Brother Curtis, they just quit fighting. You know, a chick has to fight his way out. You, you might not believe it, but a butterfly has to fight its way out of that cocoon. And, and part of that struggle, part of that fight is what gives it its strength to spread its wings and fly away. Come on now, huh? He said, all I know, and they, all I can figure is they must have just quit fighting. Huh? Oh, listen, that devil will try to put you in a shell of doubt. He'll try to put you in a shell with the walls so thick. Hey, man, if it seems like you can't feel God, you'll come to church sometimes and everybody else will be crying and you'll be dry as a shuck. Come on here. Everybody else will have their hands up and you don't feel nothing. Come on and talk to me, church. Hey, man, that devil will try to put them thick walls around you. You've got to fight if you're going to make it. Praise God. I was at Ronald Hobbies. He pastored in Alabama as well uh, years ago. And a brother uh, pulled in there, pulling a big uh, travel trailer. And I went out to talk with him. He said, uh, Brother Tig, he said, I was coming down the, I was coming down the road uh, in the last couple of days. He said, I was listening to Brother Don Rich on a cassette tape preaching. He said, Brother Rich had me so stirred up. He said, I was about to shout in the pickup truck. He said, I come around the curve and there was a big turtle crossing the road. He said, I hit the brakes and stopped. He said, that turtle clamped up in his shell. He said, man, I was feeling so good. I got out of the truck and I preached to that turtle. Come on here. I said, what? What'd you tell that turtle? He said, I preached to him, little turtle, little turtle. You ain't going to get anywhere until you come out of that shell and get to moving. Come on now. Can I preach to somebody that's depressed? You better come out of your shell and get to moving, glory to God. Grab a hold of the Lord and trust Him. Stand with me, would you, all over this place. Let's lift our hands right here and give God a good praise. Woo! Come on, let's praise the Lord here. Hallelujah! 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 Glory to God! Hallelujah! You can make it. And if you don't quit, you will make it. Come on here. Praise God. The Bible said this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his trouble. You just keep crying out. It's going to get better after a while. It'll get better, won't it, Brother Otis? It gets better after a while. Praise God. Hallelujah. It gets better. Praise God. Don't Sister Butler. It gets better. Glory to God. If you'll just hold on, keep crying out to God, you'll make it through depression. But if you quit, if you yield to it, and you start having pity parties, 
singing the old sad song. Woe is me, poor pitiful me. Things won't ever be like they used to be. You just keep singing that song, you're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck. It's not God's will for you to live in perpetual depression. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have liberty and freedom. He wants you to have peace that passeth all understanding. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands one more time. They're going to come around to the music, please. Come on, somebody praise Him right out of your heart. I'd like to see someone get help here tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I learned when I was studying through this that multitudes of people are, are battling anxiety. And that's the feelings of helplessness and hopelessness. And depression, that they say, if what I read is right, is feeling, it comes with a feeling of worthlessness. I'm going to tell you something, Brother Otis. You were something, Brother. You were something. Praise God. Sister Angel, you were something. You know, you know what the Bible said? Your soul is worth more than the whole world. Praise God. Brother Steve, you were something. Praise God. You've got a place in the kingdom. God's got a plan, a program all mapped out. Something for you to do. Hallelujah. Sister Rebecca, you were something, girl. There was times in our life we didn't feel like we was worth much. But you were something. Praise God. You were something. Hallelujah. Brother Jamie, you were something, son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what hell says. No matter what that devil says. We're going on with Jesus just the same. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me? All over this house. Really felt like preaching to somebody that would be in this service. There was no way for any of us to know who was going to be here, but God knew. I appreciate uh, the mixer and the ways, all the ways we get the message out across the country. But I feel like in my heart you're right here tonight. You're in this service. You've been warring badly. Paul said, I pressed out of measure, above strength. Consider that word pressed with some of its prefixes. How about oppressed? Depressed, repressed, suppressed. It's a pressing. It's a, it's a pressing. That's why Christ went to Gethsemane. It was, there was an olive press there. It meant place of pressing. And he felt that pressing until he entered into a place of agony, praying to the Father till his sweat became, as it were, great drops of blood. You and I go to that place of pressing from time to time but he got the victory over it because he was victorious and he walked out of it he'll give you and I the power and the strength to be victorious 
and walk out of it with him. Praise God. Now I'm looking for somebody that's going to be honest. Heads are bowed. Saints of God are praying. If you're here and you've been fighting depression, maybe that devil tried to wrap up your mind with it or bog you down with it or hinder your walk with it. I'm going to call on you. Step out from where you are. Come to the front of this church. Come to this altar. Because I'm going to believe. I'm believing right here tonight. The Holy Ghost sent me to preach this. And I'm believing that there is victory for you in this altar tonight. And I believe you got to come get it. you got to come after it. We could do this real easy. We could have everybody just come. And you could hide among everybody. But I believe if you're going to get victory, it's going to be important for you to make up your mind. I'm coming. I'm coming. Some have come already. Please, I, I don't want you to come just to be coming. I'm looking for people who are very seriously fighting depression, fighting warring against depression. There's a pressing going on in their life. Won't you come to this altar? The name of Jesus. Are there others? Are there others here tonight? All of these men. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It doesn't just affect ladies. It affects brothers too. It don't just affect brothers. It affects sisters too. If you need to come, I want you to come before we begin to pray. I feel like it's important for you to step out. I do. I want you to come before we begin to pray. Woo! Hallelujah! You can bring her chair if she'd like to sit in her chair. You can bring her chair however how she wants to do it. You can set her on the front pew. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody need to come? Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. Praise God. Come on, saints of God. Those of you that will, especially those that are full of the Holy Ghost, come let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Pray for these that are in the altar. Praise God. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And He cares. Like this, Jesus loves you. 